Hi, and welcome to the Beer and Eggs podcast. My name is Jessica, and I'm here with Ryan, my husband. Say hello, Ryan. Hello. <laughs> and today we're continuing our series where we are reading through the book of Luke mm -hmm. for December. And we're in chapter four. Number four. Yep. Reading <laughs> a chapter a day. Ready. Okay. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jer Jerusalem, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, and all who spoke and all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote me to this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zerapath, Zarephath, in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath, and they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. And he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath, and they were amazed at his teaching, because his message was delivered with authority. 
In the synagogue there was a man possessed by the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Leave us alone. What business do you have with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in the midst of the people, it came out of him without doing him any harm. And amazement came upon upon them all, and they began talking with one another, saying, What is this message? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the news about him was spreading into every locality of the surrounding region. Then he got up and left the synagogue and entered Simon's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him to help her. And standing over her, he rebuked the fever, and it left her, and she immediately got up and served them. Now while the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he was laying his hands on each one of them and healing them. Demons also were coming out of many, shouting, You are the Son of God, and yet he was rebuking them, and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. Now when day came, Jesus left and went to a secluded place, and the crowds were searching for him, and they came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must also preach the kingdom of God to the other cities, because I was sent for this purpose. So he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. What do you think about that, Jess? <laughs> Somehow I simultaneously have a lot of thoughts and yet no words. Does yeah. that make sense? I I want to know more about what it means when he says um, that no prophets like welcome in their hometown. Is that just like a thing? Or is that like a quote from another part? I remembered we studied that part yeah. in our New Testament class. Um, I remember them talking about it just a little bit. but Yeah. It's interesting because it's almost the first place my mind goes to is it's almost a mini picture of Jesus coming to Israel and how his own people rejected him. You know? Yeah. So, so he's just saying that the people that know the prophets or like grew up with them reject them as well. A yes. Lot of the time. And yeah, that's a good point. If you look back to the prophets where they herald as these great messengers of God. No, most no. of them that were killed by yeah. their own people. They literally were killed. Yeah. So it's like, if not all, not all of them, a big majority. Well, I guess. There's a lot of minor prophets that I am just completely uninformed yeah. on, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's funny that they got all mad, and then he's just like, "Isn't that wild?" Later. Yeah. Well, what's amazing? Because they were going to throw him off a cliff, right? What's amazing is what he says. He reads from Isaiah, which mm-hmm. is the the prophecy of the day of the Lord, and then he says, um, "Let's see, where is it? Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing." Mm-hmm. And they were all about it. You know, they were like, "Cool, we're ready." And then he goes on to tell them, you know, uh, two different examples of when God sent uh, prophets to, you know, someone who was not an Israelite, two Gentiles. He speaks about two Gentiles. Oh, yeah. And that's And he what, says he's not going to heal people 
there right. in his hometown. And, and that's what really upsets upset. them. Okay. So much so that they literally try to throw him off of a cliff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... I'm not saying it's not possible, but I don't know if I've ever been angry enough to throw someone off a cliff. It's a mob mentality, I would imagine. Well, probably. Have you ever been in a mob? No, I have not. That's good. <laughs> but I've it's seen chaos. mobs. Yeah. And yeah, looks pretty wild. I imagine that's a lot of what it was like. Yeah. Another thing I thought was really interesting. Um down when it talks about Jesus healing many and casting out demons. Mm -hmm. I don't know why this has always been interesting to me, but a lot of times in scripture, when Jesus or God's people encountered demons, their responses are so interesting to me. Because right here it well, says the, they the shout, responses. you are the son of God. It's like way to state the obvious. You know what I mean? Well, do you think they're stating it because of the authority that's there? Like they can't stop from stating from stating it. You know oh I mean? yeah, it causes them to tremble with fear, probably. Yeah. I don't know. It's I think just it's really funny interesting. How, how like I guess we're not there yet, but you know how he rebukes like the fever. In this one, it says he rebukes the fever or whatever, right? Whatever that translation is. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. But he also, like when there's the storm later on, when they're out on the water and they, all the disciples think they're going to die and Jesus is sleeping mm -hmm. and they wake him up and he just, like rebukes the storm too. So like he treats all the, all these things are obviously within his power, mm -hmm. but it's just so interesting how how he goes about telling all the different things to stop. Right. Or the different ways that he casts things out. It's like when he, he rebukes the uh, the fig tree, too, or curses it, rather. But, and it, like, shrivels up. I never thought about that before. Well, how like, he if does, you think, he's, yeah. the, he's the word of God became flesh, right? So out of all things... Or through him, all things were created. And by his word, he can do all things, I would imagine. Well, yeah, he's in charge so, of it all. Yeah. So it's nothing for him to be able to speak to any part of creation. Whether it's a an evil spirit, a fig tree, a wave, the wind. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's what's, that's what's so <laughs> surreal about it. Because you think about, you know... This grand picture of like Moses, you know, um, casting his like staff down mm -hmm. and it turns into a serpent and he has the other sign where, you know, he puts his hand in his tunic and he's leprous and then he puts it back and it's healed mm -hmm. and turning water into blood. These are all like actions that he physically does something and then there's an outcome. But with Jesus, Jesus he just, just utters a word. Yeah. He lays hands on people, too. Yeah, but, but there's no, I will take my staff. And I mean, he does heal the blind man with the mud that mm -hmm. one time. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely pick yeah. up on that 
I think what you're saying is there's there's a huge difference in the way that like Moses say would perform a miracle versus Jesus. Like Jesus has this undeniable authority. You know, oh, yeah. like Moses is performing all of these miracles with the power of God. Mm-hmm. Jesus is that God. And it's just it is really clear when you read it how he's not deriving authority from anyone else. He has that authority. Yeah. What? Do you disagree? No, I just wasn't disputing that. I was just simply saying that it's interesting how this spoken word is a lot of times what he goes to. Mm-hmm. And then you have the centurion later with his servant. And he's like, oh, we'll go to your house. And he's like, you don't have to go to my house. Just on your word, he'll be healed. Yeah, he's like, I don't even have to go there. We're jumping ahead. <laughs> but We're thinking of all these anyways. future things. But yeah, good yeah. chapter. It's a yep. good, um, not introduction, but this is really like the kickstart of his ministry after his baptism i don't understand the other thing i don't understand is how satan's tempting him he's like all this could be yours and i'm like isn't it all it maybe isn't already his like i don't understand how that could be tempting i don't have a perfect answer for this but i'm going to go ahead and guess that he's tempting him in his humanity so he's tempting right? his so humanity. He, Jesus has a physical body that hungers. And so yeah. he's hungry for bread. You know, and there is this sense in which, yes, he is king of creation, but he has a mission. Satan doesn't know what that mission is. But his mission is to redeem a people for himself. And he has to purchase those people with his own blood. And so Satan does Satan not know what it is? is I he don't blind? think is he blind to the to the to the truth in scripture? Like I don't Well at the time, my guess is that Satan did not know that Jesus was coming to give his life for sinners. Otherwise he wouldn't have, you know, inspired uh Judas to betray him. It is a little. I think we're getting. I think we're getting into interesting territory here that I don't have enough to. I know. (laughs) It is a little mind-boggling, though, to think like. I remember hearing a podcast one time where someone was like, "Do does Satan and the demons do like do they think they actually even have a chance? Like, why do they even try?" And the person answering was like, "We don't really know. Like, it's just." If I had to guess, they know exactly what's going to happen, but they're trying out of spite. Just out of pure spite out and hatred for God. Hatred, yeah, just blind well, if rage. We can, if no. we can kill his, you know, kill him, and he's going to go through this, let's make it as terrible as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. But I could be wrong on that. I don't. There's probably don't a really verse know. somewhere that yeah, we're just unaware of, or didn't know. <laughs> Either way, like, it happened. Because, so. like, I don't think, 
I don't think like the whole point of this was not like, oh God, trick Satan into something. It's like, no, I think he subdued him and, and claimed for himself the whole world. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's an inauguration of his kingdom that's happening, you know, in, in the gospels. And it's, it's the beginning of the end for Satan. He's oh been, yeah. He's it's been, honestly, he's been crawling it's a, it's back done. and forth on the earth, you yeah. know, since he was cast out since the garden as far back as the garden, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so he was already somewhat defeated there, but the end is definitely drawing near for him. Yeah, definitely. And maybe that was just like his last ditch effort. He's like, maybe if I can appeal to his humanity, because obviously he views normal people as pretty weak, I would imagine. (laughs) So, you know, what you just made me think of, Mm. you know, Satan is called the accuser. Mm -hmm. And so one of his tactics is to accuse the people of God. Mm -hmm. But he had nothing to accuse Jesus of. (laughs) So all he could do was tempt him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And how he overcame that temptation is amazing. Quoted scripture. This reminds me of what we were talking about in our small group where they were talking about (laughs) Jesus delighting in the word. Mm -hmm. And it's like he loved scripture. More than anyone else. It was his word. And like you said, I forget what verse it is, but it all points to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like a, a wonderful, beautiful circle. <laughs> like the Lion King. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, not Sorry. like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great passage. Thank you for reading it with me. I can't wait to read more. We need to read more. I know. It's like, it's almost so short. I'm like, I just want to read more. (laughs) But it's good to just have a certain chunk, maybe even if it's just small, just to kind of, you know, meditate meditate on it for a while. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Getting sidetracked. (laughs) All right. Well, We will see you guys again tomorrow. Thank you for listening. And we hope you're enjoying this series with us. Bye. (laughs) Bye.